God is not limited with your skills. He's not limited to use you. He made you with a certain purpose and a certain skill in mind and, and you are supposed to use it. But if you're not going to use it, he's going to get somebody else to, to do it. And I don't want to miss out on that specific calling and message that I'm supposed to live out on this earth. We feel anxious because we have to raise kids in this day and age. And yet God is smiling and saying, I am trusting you to do that. You were born right now to live in this day and age to do that. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Before my beautiful wife preaches, I just want to remind us where we are at in terms of our series, what we're talking about, and also for those who may be joining us for the first time, just to give you some context. We, we've been talking about the importance of understanding the biblical foundations that the Bible teaches so that we can all be on the same page and understand what that's about. And we, we spoke about the importance of understanding what is repentance, what is salvation, what is faith, what is lordship and obedience, what is water baptism, what is Holy Spirit baptism, spiritual family and discipleship. And if you've missed any of these, I want to again encourage you to go and listen to those messages. And now we started the impact series. We're talking about how do these foundations impact our lives? How does it impact my identity? How does it impact my purpose, my marriage, my parenting, and my community? And before Aleta comes on to talk today, I just want to remind us that the way that the foundations impact our identity is the following. It impacts our repentance because we realize I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I choose to turn away from my old life and turn to God. We burn down the old house. We do a 180-degree turn to God, and we follow Him. Salvation impacts identity by the fact that I know now I am saved by grace through faith, and I'm a child of God and can cry out, with the spirit of adoption, Abba, Father. Faith impacts my identity that I have now received a gift of faith that I can choose to exercise exclusively in my relationship with God. Lordship and obedience changes my focus. Now I say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my God. I will do what He says. Water baptism is a physical expression of what happened in, on the inside. And a holy Spirit baptism is the, how we receive the Holy Spirit of God so we can be empowered to live the life God has called us to. And spiritual family and discipleship impacts our identity by showing us how we need to live, grow, and mature in Jesus. And with that, I want to hand over to my beautiful wife, who is going to bring a message today, and I'm so excited about it. Can I just pray with you before we start? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this moment in time, for this special opportunity 
I thank you for my beautiful wife and what you've put on her life and how she's been blessed, Lord, to be who she is and to walk in the fullness of her God-given identity. I thank you for the message that you've placed on her heart, and we pray now, Holy Spirit, that you will lead her, that you will fill all of our hearts. We choose right now to make our hearts fertile soil, Jesus, so that we can receive your word. I pray that, that this will be a moment that we will never forget, um, and that we will come closer to you, Lord, in this time. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So the reason I am speaking today, as many of you know, is because it's Women's Day tomorrow. Um, and I love women. I work with women every day. Literally, I work with women in my office, and I see clients who are women. And um, I am a woman. But I do love men as well. And the reason I'm saying is, is that we live in a world where they make such a fuss about women. And they should, because there are many reasons that they should make a fuss about us but that they have totally almost degraded men. There was a shirt that came out recent, well, a few years ago that says the future is female, and everybody was posting the future is female. And actually last year I had a corporate in Pretoria, and one of my clients who was there, um, she had a t-shirt like that. She said, the future is female. I said, do you have a son? And she said, yes. I said, what does that shirt say to your son? And she was like, oh my word, I've never thought about that. Because what it says to me is that my son has no future because he's male. The future is male and female. And as much as we celebrate women, we should celebrate men. Because women can't be without them, and they can't be without us. Amen. But I am going to focus a little bit on the women today, okay? The word whelm is an old English verb that firstly means to submerge beneath a huge mass. Number two, to defeat completely, overpower have a strong emotional effect on. Um, it is an original word that means engulf or submerge. Now, if that is the meaning of whelm, which is quite hectic, imagine overwhelm. <laughs> it's like more than, more than that, more than that completely submerged vibe. Yes, deep honor. And I don't know about you, but we live in times today where most of us are completely overwhelmed on a daily basis. Um, whelm and overwhelm actually have more or less the same meaning, although overwhelm perhaps suggests a more intense degree of being engulfed and defeated. When Heinz asked me to preach, I'm not going to lie to you, I felt overwhelmed because I already have a lot on my plate. Every night he was like, do you have your scriptures ready? I'm like, no! <laughs> do you have this ready? No! Lost me! I'll give it to you and I give it to you. Being overwhelmed or feeling overwhelmed is definitely synonymous with living in the 21st century, and especially since the breaking of the dawn in 2020, around about March in South Africa, things changed for us. And especially for women these days, it's a completely different story from, from centuries and, and ages before. The women these days have to bring in a second income because there's just not enough. We have to also provide. We have to look after the children. We have to care for our husbands. We have to cook. We have to teach. We have to homeschool. We had, we had, we had to homeschool for a little while there. Um, not going to happen anytime soon. In Jesus' name, again. We have to we look after our kids' emotional needs, our husband. It's just, it is a lot for us to, to deal with. And what do you think... 
makes us feel so overwhelmed. I mean, anything from making a choice of which butter or toothpaste to buy, because I mean, you look and you stand there and it's like, which one is the best? That one is gluten free and that one is sugar free and that one is. And then we have to conduct um, parties and birthday parties and manage kids' expectations and cook dinner, and it's just a lot of reasons to be um, overwhelmed. And these days, even more so with every second WhatsApp coming your way, being the most major conspiracy theory that the world is ending right about tomorrow, and it's just these people say that and those people say that, and what is the truth already? And what is really going on? Will we ever leave the house without masks again? What is the future for my children? Um, and our income took such a severe knock with, with the pandemic that you feel like, will I ever be on my feet again? Will I ever be debt free again? I'm very sure that many of you, like me, feel overwhelmed most of the time. And I'm thinking about previous generations. I mean, the four-tracker tannies, they made poikikos and bore children. That was, I mean, Kalfut Uri Drakensberg is a bit overwhelming, but they did it. The people in the Victorian ages wore corsets and they looked pretty. And the people in the 70s, smoked dacha and they were high. I mean, there was just, every, every season has their things. But for us, it feels like everything is coming down on us. But that's how it feels. But then, I open my Bible and I read Psalm 61, which says in the King James Version, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. This is obviously David. He's probably on his knees. And he says, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been my shelter, or been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. And suddenly you realize, okay, David, this is like the beginning of time. It's almost 2,000 years ago. He was handsome. He was a king, so he had money. He had his bread buttered on every side, and yet he felt overwhelmed. And we realize it is, it's not, we are not special because we live in 2021. It has been there from the beginning. It's, it's an absolute normal emotion to feel, I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. I don't know where to go. But then he says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And if you think about a rock... I, I looked for a few synonyms when it comes to rock, which is just amazing. A rock is, first of all, solid. It's a pillar, a tower of strength. It is hard, steadfast, unwavering, persistent, committed, dedicated, firm, unfaltering, unswerving. In layman terms, trusty, dependable, and faithful, reliable, constant, devoted, dense, compact, concrete, unbroken, real, genuine, pure, unadulterated, unmixed, secure, sturdy, safe, stable, sound, substantial, level-headed, lasting, durable, and I can go on until tomorrow. You get the message. It's quite, it's quite the source that I would want to put my hope and my trust in is this rock. And I don't know about you, but I don't know one person who has all these qualities. We can try and look nice and say, my spouse, and we sometimes call them, you're my rock because I can depend on you and, and you're sturdy. But none of us have all of this. And if I want to go to a safe place, 
I would want all of that. There is a separation, in other words, a difference between what is available for us in human terms here on earth, in fleshly form, in a spouse, in a child, in a parent, versus what is available for us when we go higher. I love the fact that it says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Because all of us know, the moment you rise above your circumstances, you have a different perspective. It's like God knows the beginning and the end. He's been there from the beginning so and before the beginning of time. He sees the whole timeline. He sees everything at the same time. He knew what was going to happen in 2020. It was no surprise. And I must be honest, how I felt, it's like, God, I have all these promises over my life. Now this happened. It was like, chick, I didn't, it is not a surprise to me. Those promises are still relevant in your life. It's not no, no sit for bay. Sorry, ne. There's no net. All that, where is ne? Yeah. He is still in control and he still has all those promises over us. Um, the, the one other reason why I feel like you will never find all of those unadulterated qualities in, and characteristics in a human is because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by the grace as a gift through the redemption that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our rock. Now, there are multiple um, instances in the Bible where Jesus is referred to as a rock or a stone, like the everlasting rock, God my rock, the living stone, the rock of ages, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the rock, the rock of Israel, rock of my refuge, rock of my salvation, rock of my strength, rock of offense, um, the stone of Israel, the stone of stumbling and tested stone. It is obvious that we now know that we are speaking about Jesus being the rock that is higher than I. I love the fact also that it says, lead me, because it the picture that comes to my mind is, is where, for instance, a child will come to me and say, Mama, take me somewhere where I'm, I'm afraid or scared. And I will take their hand and I will walk in front. It's not easy to lead somebody who's next to you. It's not easy. It's like there must be a definite leader and a follower. And I, I have this picture in my mind almost like hikers or people who are, are um, battling this mountain where the one... The, the leader is in front and the other one will put their footsteps where the leader put their, their feet because they know it's going to be safe ground and they can trust this person. If we go higher, it's going to change our perspective completely. I believe when we are overwhelmed and during this mess, the mess on our level, the chaos, the pain, the sickness, the news, the stress and the hurt, it is impossible to see beyond, to have hope, to understand to be patient, to have peace. And that is why we have to rise above our circumstances and above what we see on the earth. It's not going in denial. Let me just say that. It's not, because it's very real what's going on in the world. It's like Colossians 3 says, um, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. We will go crazy if we keep on contemplating what is really going on. Should I get vaccinated or not? Is it the mark of the beast? Am I going to die? Are they going to track my every move? <laughs> You're going to go crazy. Every single human will go crazy if you keep on thinking about all these things. But if we keep our minds on the word of God, which are the things above, all of those things will fall into place. Because we will get the truth in the word of God. Because the word of God tells us everything that's going to happen. Until the end. So it's, it's amazing how it also says, set your minds on things above. 
If I tell my kind, the one that's here, set the table. It's not. Maybe if you want to, if you're finished with everything else, please go and set the table. It's, a, it's an order. Set the table. Set your mind on things above. It's not a suggestion. It's an order. Do it. Not. And if we keep on pluttering around with what's down on earth, you, you are not only going to be overwhelmed, you're going to feel depressed and anxious, and it's going to feel like somebody's choking you, because that is a normal reaction to what is going on. It's fear. It's, it, what, it's what it comes down to. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9 also says in the New International Version, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. It's, a, it's an order once again. Put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Have you not felt that? The moment you hear something or you get a WhatsApp or you see a video and you're like, get heart palpitations. Because that is exactly what the enemy wants to do, by the way. He wants to spread fear. And I cried it by Moirach. The moment you have that and you experience that and you go into your, your, your room and you're just, Lord, can I let go regroup? Let's focus. You open your Bible and you, you have a word from God. Even if it's one verse, it's as if the peace of God just floods your soul. And you're like, okay, I can go on again. I can face the world again. It's not the end. It's not over until it's over. What are we thinking about 24-7? What are we filling our hearts and our minds with? We keep on speaking about the future, and we speak about it in front of our children, and we create them to live in fear, because what do they see is going on? This country, everybody is just fleeing, and we have to get away, and it's this and it's that, and they're like, they're freaking out, might not be showing it to you, but they are affected. Um, and I must be honest, people, I think the reason that, that most of us feel, and I think it is the truth, that we live in this age where we are so easily overwhelmed is because of the fact that we have information available to us 24-7. That's the, that's the big key. Everything is okay. But I'm busy worshipping, and I have to be on the internet because I have to use my program that gives me my codes. And while I'm on there, the network 24 come there. Seven dead, and like, while I'm worshipping. It's like everywhere. It's just, you can't run away from it. You have access to any information, any time of day and night. And let's be honest, social media is not helping either. So I'm going to speak about that a little bit. Who feels supercharged, energized, excited about their own lives, kids, husbands, wives, careers, homes, wardrobes, bodies, hair, their makeup skills, and their futures after a 20-minute scroll? <laughs> By the way, you would feel quite the opposite after a 20-minute stroll. Wow. Whoa, boom! <laughs> When, just to get back to the, to the order about set your mind on things above. Like I said, it's not a suggestion. Um, maybe it's still coming. Okay, so... 20-minute scroll. 
The pandemic of this age has strong competition. It might not have killed as many people physically, but emotionally and spiritually, and this pandemic is called comparison. It is the killer of joy. It is the thief of everything that is good. It's almost like whenever you go on social media, you have to put on the armor. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's a good, boom. <laughs> well done, Leon. But some of us need to do it for our work. Okay, if you want food on the table, we have to go on social media. It's amazing, it's amazing how the moment you start, it's like, you, you just, there's something that happens in your heart. I remember once um, before I was just pregnant with Alana and I was flying to um, Pretoria to go do a talk and I sat on the plane and I scrolled through social media and I saw this woman who I don't even follow. I don't know how she was on my social media. I don't know who she is. She just announced that she was pregnant with her fifth baby. Now she looks like Barbie who weighs about three kilos and like, you can just see it's a perfect little family. And immediately, immediately, I felt five children. I only have four. She's got five. I'm like, Alita, what's the phone with you? And it's amazing what happens when you see something like that. I'm sure many of you are like, you've got four children. I only have three or two or one. It's exactly what happens to us the moment we start scrolling through social media. And people, let's face it. I have this incredible story, which is absolutely the truth, where I had to, to do a talk, um, I was heavily pregnant by that stage, in the Cedarberge, Berks, Berge, mountains, um, and I thought it's a great time to take all my children with me, Heinz was away, we put them all in the bus, I had my niece who was my au pair at that stage with us, and we were traveling, and we were traveling, it's for, I don't know if you okay, by a fair. Now I've got three boys who are very irritated with one another at the back of the car. Um, and at one stage, I had to drive on a mountain. It's a cliff like, it's a gravel road, cliff like straight down here. So I'm focused. They are fighting and I can fool. I'm pregnant. I'm hormonal. The tension is building. It's building. It's building. We get there at dark. We quickly have dinner. Can you let them know? Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure that I'm not lying. We have dinner and now we have to follow the people to, it's at a lodge where I, now we, we're going to stay. Now, I don't know about your kids, but my kids, whenever we go somewhere, like what's going to happen this afternoon, they pack the most random stuff. Like they get teddy bears out of the drawer. Like they've never used it, but they take r random stuff. No, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take that. So they took the, what is that thing? Ball? Ball? What is it? Swing ball. Swing ball. Swing ball to this other burger. And the one got in the car, all of them got in the car, the last one got in the car, and the, the, the end of the swing ball was there, and he just threw it to the back, and it's not all scarp, and it's just a freaking mess. I heard it after two, and the honey and freak out. You could have killed me! <laughs> now I am, it's building, it's building. Now I'm driving slowly behind this woman who's taking me to my house. At one stage, I hit the brakes, just in my niece is like, she's never seen me. I'm like, stop it! Yes, I can flip and be Sorry, sorry, internet. We get to the house, we unpack, but they're like, okay, they're 
you just go on? But I'm shaking. I'm like this. I got to the room, and I called them all, and I sat on the chair. I said, do you know what you're doing? They were like, what's happening? Do you know that when you make you upset me, you upset my baby? Do you want to upset your baby sister? And they're all like, running to me. I'm like, I am not going to grab my cell phone in that moment and say, let's take a photo for Instagram. The next day, when you are in the beautiful mountains and it's green, you're like, come jylle, kom staan. 26 filters and 30 presets later. Daar is die foto wat jylle gaan kry. It is what it is. And we know these things. We know that people just put the best foot out there. I mean, we do the same thing. We, like we take a family photo and it's just knipe. Smile, Leon. Damn it, smile. 50 rand. Okay, 50 rand. Simeon is the one like, what's in it for us? He is such an entrepreneur, let me tell you this. Anything. Help me make a video. What's in it for me? Anyway, we know these things and yet it touches us. It, um, it affects us. There we go. It affects us. Affects us. The effects of social media affects us. Wow. Boom. <laughs> okay, so I am just going to hock on by Heinz. What is the other word? No, I'm going to last. Continue where he ended up. Thank you, Francois for my help you cannot go on social media or live in the world that we're living today if you don't know who you are okay that is a fact if you are still doubting if you are still wondering if you are still contemplating should I or shouldn't I do that or be that or wear that it's it's not a good place so I'm going to reiterate what he said in the five questions that you need to ask yourself is number one is your identity who am I the answer, once again, lies in whose you are. Think about your identity number. Nobody else has your identity number. And you must be so secure in your identity that if somebody says, who are you, you must be able to quote your identity number, like, this is who I am. Uh, my identity number is 2001 something 082 Okay? It is... It is imperative. You cannot like, is it now a 8 or is it now a 7? Mm, I'm not sure about that number now. Let me just think about it. No, you have to know it off by heart. This is me. This is not me. I'm going to like that girl's outfit because she looks awesome, but I'm not going to try and copy it. I'm not going to go and buy it and try to look like her because you're not going to look like her because you are not her. And I can go on for ages about why that is not going to work. But anyway, it's like your code, you have your own unique code and DNA. And even in my line of work, where I speak about your coloring, about how your genes that make up your hair color, skin color, and eye color are the same genes that make up your personality, which is amazing in itself. It is just so obvious that God planned you, like, amazingly, even before the beginning of time. And we'll speak about that just now. It's amazing how identical twins come from one egg that splits in half. They are identical. It's like what happens on this side is happening on that side, and yet they have unique fingerprints. So that's number one. Who am I? 
Number two is what are my natural gifts and talents? And people, it's easy to look at a yak or a Heinz and know what, is, what are their natural talents. Huh? Yes. It's a pleasure. It is easy. And we all feel, I promise you, I sometimes sit with clients and I'm like, what are you good at? It's like nothing. And I'm, I try to, to tell them, it's not just singing and acting and dancing that's a talent. Can we just get that out of the room? It's not just those people who are in the limelight that are blessed with talents. All of us have talents. And it's not recognized and it's not celebrated because it's not in the limelight. But let's speak about a few talents that, that is good to have, like maths, doing maths. Anybody have that talent? I'm just... Okay? Art, obviously, it's also one of the, the, the obvious ones, singing. Working with children is a talent. Well done, Anke. It's a talent. Yeah, yeah. We got her, baby. Working with old people. Some people are passionate about it. I'm like, yeah. Um, obviously, sports, we know. Cooking. If you are a good cook, that is a talent. Hospitality is a talent. You get people who are just naturally hospitable. Um, to be an encourager, to bring out the gold in people, to always motivate others, that is a talent that we do not celebrate. Being able to organize, to be able to multitask, to communicate well, to be able to mediate, all of those skills are talents. To be a visionary, to develop someone. Photography, entrepreneur, working with your hands, being able to listen is a talent. And we don't celebrate it. And yet, so many of you sit here with these talents and you haven't even thought about it. It has to do with what are you naturally good at and what makes you feel alive when you do it. Just think about it. Some people get excited about spreadsheets. They do. I do a little bit as well. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do. They, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm going to bring in something now that actually comes in later, but Melissa Halser, she is the wife of Jonathan Halser who sings No Longer Slaves and I raise a hallelujah. Before she was even famous or before their music was out, she was walking in the woods with her ukulele. It was ukulele. And um, she said to God, why do I even have this gift if it's, if it's not reaching anybody, if it's not getting out there? And she just felt in her spirit, immediately God said, because I thought you would enjoy it. And in that is so much truth that we think now that we have a talent, it has to be, I can write, it has to be a best-selling book. It has to, we, we go in performance-driven drive, performance drive. Is that the right word? We were like, okay, I can sing. Now I have to get a record deal. Now I have to. But why don't you start singing your children to sleep? What are you investing in the people right here? Or now we think, I'm not going to get a record deal, so I'm just not going to sing. I'm not going to go, 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 go there. But going there is not for everyone. But the fact that you have a skill as a singer means you can worship in the church and you can worship at home and you can sing while you're shopping and bless people around you. It's, it's where those... I mean, for me, if I'm thinking of, of skills and gifts in, in my life and how that came about is I realized that my, there were no Afrikaans lullabies for children where I want my child to fall asleep in the presence of God. So we created it. 
And that became a bestseller because we were obedient and we used a skill. It wasn't my intention to go there at all. But God said, okay, what do you have in your hand? What do you have? We can do this. Just do it then. Start by doing something. Okay, so that is natural gifts and talents. And people, I want to challenge you to, to ask God. If you are not sure what they are, ask God to show you what are your natural gifts and talents. Then we ask, why am I here? Heinz has said that already. Um, and the, it's your calling. What is your calling? And we all have the same calling, and that is to serve God and preach his name and raise him up. And then what is my life's message? Because every one of us have a message. You will, you will obviously notice that if you listen to international sermons and speakers, you will find out that some people focus on certain things. You have the prosperity teachers and you have the um, healers, the people who focus on healing, and you have the people who focus on giving, whatever. It's, you can feel that there's a message that stirs in their hearts. For Heinz, it, it has always been, even as a singer, without him being preaching, it, he was passionate about speaking about identity. I am passionate about, um, about women's issues especially. Well, all issues, people with issues. Identifying an issue in somebody's life and say, listen, but that is why you're struggling. Because you're still believing that lie that happened when you were like three years old. And, and they're like, what? I love that. I love being able to bring, shed light on that, on that m moment in their lives. Heinz had a meeting with somebody in this week where he also said, listen, but you're feeling like this in your marriage because that happened to you as a boy. And he was like, what? It's amazing. I'm, I get so excited about that. And all of us have that message. All of us have that some subject, whether it is helping the poor or feeding people or widows or whatever. You have that one area that really excites you and makes you like, oh my word, I want to find out more about it. I want to, I want to learn and, and study more about it. Um, and then obviously you have an, a target audience. Who is your message for? My message especially is for women. Um, that is my my target market, if I can say it like that, that's who I normally speak to. And that's why when Heinz said I must speak, I'm like, I don't speak to men. <laughs> but I'll speak to you today. Sorne. Um, I am not excited to speak to children. As iemand nou vir my sê, gaan doen nie sonder school? No, not so much. But, like I said, some people love it. So you must know who is your message to. These are all the questions that you need to ask yourself. The first area where the enemy attacked Jesus after fasting for 40 days was his identity. The first area where the enemy is going to want to attack you as a woman is the area of your identity, your value, your worth as a woman. Every single day when you open Instagram, your identity is going to be attacked and you're going to compare yourself. And if you know who you are, you will just like, well done. Actually, you will like and say, you look gorgeous. Love that. Oh my word, amazing, without any jealousy or wanting to, oh my word, I wish it was me. No, 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 no. I heard this incredible story of a woman who every day, on, every, yeah, every year on her children's birthdays, she would tell them their birth stories. So here we are, Leon. Every year I tell you, I tell you. After 15 hours of comparing myself to my mother and my sister who had babies without drugs, I said, Jesus, bring me the drugs, bring me the drugs. And then I made it. 
La tua storia è vera, te? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Simeon knows that he was a stortkram geval. I, I can also think that Hartlip Hospital to Hartlip by eight. He came running. I said, he always asked me, why do you say I came running out of you? I'm like, you, you're dead. Okay? He knows that. Ruben is on mellow one. He was like, very chilled, came out six hours later. Little bit of drugs. So there was drugs, no drugs. Little bit of drugs. And then Alana came and she was no drugs again. Also, though I stored in a game. So every year, this woman would tell her children the birth stories. And when they were teenagers, she was, the, they were like, seriously, we know, we know. You know you gained 30 kilos. We know I made you fat. I know all of that. You can't blame me after 15 years anymore for your weight. And when they were all out of the house, it was her birthday, and they all forgot, forgot to phone her. And she went to bed that night crying, and God woke her up in the middle of the night. And he said, let me tell you what happened on the day you were born. And the words she saw was, on the day you were born, I released joy and light, and I introduced your mother to a love she was not aware of. And I want to encourage you to ask the Father what happened on the day that you were born. Because it is evident in the Bible that He has written a book about your life before the foundations of the earth. Psalm 139 verse 3 and 4 in the Passion Translation says, You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You, you read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of my days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. You kept track of all my wandering. This is um, Psalm something. Wandering and my weeping, you've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they have all been recorded in your book of remembrance. Imagine God knew and he knows every tear you have already cried and is going to cry in your life, and he holds it, he stores it in a bottle. So I said, here I am, Psalm 40 verse 7. I'm coming to you as a sacrifice, for in the prophetic scrolls of your book, you have written about me. You have written a book about me. Each one of us have a book. And the moment I am a, an author, and I hand in my book, and then the editor goes through it, and I'm thankful for all the mistakes they get to fix, but when I get it back, it's not nice if they changed a lot of things. It's like, that's not me anymore. It's not how I would have said it. And that's what we do on a daily basis with a book over our lives. Wandering through Facebook and social media, it's like, oh, I want to change this about me. I'm just going to like Photoshop that hip a little bit in. Okay. You're changing the book that was written over you on a daily basis. And as the author of your book, it is hurtful. And it's amazing how <laughs> he is such a great and gracious God who gives us free will that we are actually able to edit. It's not that text, edit, copy, I can't even He's like, you can. You have a choice. You can be like her. But you've heard it so many times. If I'm going to be like Renelle, you're going to miss out on me. And if it's Renelle going to be like Amanda, we're going to miss out on Renelle. I, you, you owe it to us. 
to be yourself. Because the world is going to miss out on you if you're not going to be you. And it's that same scripture in Esther that says, Esther 4 verse 14, for if you remain completely silent, this is now when she was asked to save her um, folk. Nation? People. People, people. For if you remain completely silent as this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. God is not limited with your skills. He's not limited to use you. He made you with a certain purpose and a certain skill in mind, and, and you are supposed to use it. But if you're not going to use it, he's going to get somebody else to, to do it. And I don't want to miss out on that specific calling and message that I'm supposed to live out on this earth. Because it's vrachtig that we were born for such a time as this. Just like Esther said. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Never before in the history of time have we lived in such exciting times as we are living in now. And I, I've said it the, the previous time that I prayed that I really feel we get to, I'm getting like, <sighs> we feel anxious because we have to raise kids in this day and age. And yet God is smiling and saying, I am trusting you to do that. You were born right now to live in this day and age to do that. What is stopping you from pursuing your gift? You have to know your code. Guys, the only way you're going to find it out is spending time with God. The only, that's the only way. The only way you're going to find out who you are is when He's going to tell you, this is who you are. You're not that. You're not her. Your hair is not curly or not straight. Stop trying to change that. It's amazing how it works, eh? Straight hair, one's curly. Curly, one's straight. It's not just tall, one's short. Short, one's good. Psalm 61, I am going to repeat it again. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus, I come to you in this day as, as my rock. And I surrender to your leading me up higher, up higher above the earth, above the negativity, above the conspiracy, above the fear, above the anxiety and the depression and the recession and everything that's bad that's being yelled at us from everywhere. And I say, my rock, we will stay under the shelter of your rock and under the shelter of your wings, like a little chick, we will be protected as your children. I pray that you will, you will help us identify our identity, that we will know who we are in you, that we will realize why we are here and what we are supposed to do on this earth. All of us have a calling. All of us were supposed to be here, no matter what the circumstances were around your birth or about your conception. You were supposed to be here. You were the winner. You made it. And God has a plan for you. You have talents and gifts. And maybe many of them. And you don't even realize it. I ask Jesus and Holy Spirit that you will remind us. That you will just, you will just open up our hearts and our minds to remove any limit or any veil or anything that is hindering us from stepping into that person that we are supposed to be so that we can affect people around us, that we can 
shine our light everywhere and shine your light everywhere that we go and set the world ablaze with your glory. Thank you that you are with us and thank you that you are for us and thank you that you provide for us and that you protect us and thank you for Francois and his beautiful testimony and we pray God that in this week that you will reveal yourself to us on a daily basis that we will set our minds on things above, that we will delete messages as they come in and not even open them up because we don't want to go there. I will set my eyes on the Word of God who will tell me everything I need to know about what's happening right now. We pray for everyone that is here today. We pray for everyone that's not here, that's watching. I'm praying for every woman that they will be celebrated and loved, but that every man will know that they are amazing and that they are needed and that they are wanted and loved and appreciated even on this special day in Jesus name we pray that amen yes let's give God all the praise thank you Jesus and thank you baby you're amazing you're amazing let's give her a big round of applause come on I would like to take a moment um I just want to ask you to reflect and respond to what just happened, what was just shared. And I want to make a specific invitation to anyone that may want to, um, that may want to give their lives to Jesus today. I just have a sense there may be one person here or two or maybe online. And we can never let an opportunity go for someone to say, you know what, I, I realized today that I am, I am not walking in that identity that she's talking about, that God-given true identity. And I, and I want to tell you, remind you, that the only way you can walk in the fullness of what she spoke about today, what, what I spoke about the last two weeks, is, is to give your life to Jesus. And that is, that is not a statement of, yeah, I believe there's a God. That is a choice to lay down your life and say, Lord, make me new. Let me walk with you in your ways. All right. So I'm going to give a moment. Close your eyes. Just quiet yourself. Maybe you realize today that, you know, I've, I've been a lukewarm Christian. I'm not really on fire for Jesus. I know some of these things, but I don't really walk in the fullness of it. And you want to just make a recommitment today. I don't know where you are. <laughs> We're all in some form of place. And we all have preconceived ideas. And we've been influenced by culture and all the things that are later mentioned today as well, it, it influences the way we look at ourselves and the way we look at God. And my prayer is that, that anything that is hindering you seeing yourself for who you really are in God will just be removed right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you will have an honest moment with yourself and with God. I want you to imagine that you're standing in front of your Creator there's nothing that you can hide. There's nothing that you can justify. Everything is just laid bare. Look into the eyes of the one who created you and just say, you know who I am. Help me to walk in the fullness of that. So if any of you today want to make that decision to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. 
If you're here in the room, you can raise your hand. Just I want to see if, if there's anyone here. And if you're online, let us know with just a hand emoji or whatever you want to do. And, just, and if you want to come back to Jesus, if you have given your life to Christ, but you've backslidden in some way, and you want to just recommit your life, just pray this after me right now. Lord Jesus, let's all do it together, everyone together. Lord Jesus, today I choose to give my life to you. Thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for paying the price for my sins that I was supposed to pay. Thank you for giving me everlasting life. Today I choose to give you my life, to follow your will, and to lay my will down. Help me, Holy Spirit, to walk in the fullness of who I am in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you. We love you. Those online, thank you so much. If you're listening to the podcast later, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please keep sharing and please keep reaching out to people. We love you. Uh, please hang around for coffee. We've got some great coffee. We want to fellowship. We want to get to know you. We want to say hi. Um, and if you can't, couldn't join us today, please join us next week. Remember, Pastor Ade is coming to give a great message on purpose. So please join us for that. Uh, yes, and if you were in the room today, you know that we need someone for Kids Church. So please come on, help us out. All right, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.